Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi guys, Kitro here. Time for another classic episode of TSFP Presents Super Seasons. This week we discuss the remarkable 1999-2000 season. Remember that the full TSFP Presents archive of around 100 episodes, plus our brand new series Rincón Cultural, are still available exclusively for patrons over at patreon.com forward slash TSFP. Hello patrons, welcome to the second episode of TSF Presents Super Seasons. After uh, looking back at Sid's first ever year in Spain in our first episode, we're going to one of the most super seasons uh, of the last 25-30 uh, years, the 1999-2000 season. Tonight we're going to party like it's 1999, guys. Stroke 2000. Stroke given the, I was going to say, yeah, given that the parties actually tend to come at the end of the season, Take by which time it was back. already 2000. We're all worried about the Millennium Bug. Yes. Sid, were people in Spain worried about the Millennium Bug? In fact, you can I imagine don't think they were. The Millennium, Millennium no. Bug hitting Spain and no one noticing. Do you yes, know what I mean? Yes, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow, mate. <laughs> anyway. Absolutely. So, you wrote uh, an article, I think, for The Guardian, the season where... Spanish football was as competitive as the Premier League. This was a, this was the year when it was tighter than it's ever ever been. Yes. Yeah. In terms of in terms of how close it was, with two weeks to go, six teams could still win the league. With one week to go on the final weekend, three teams could win the league. Although, realistically, it was in the hands of of one of them, Deportivo La Coruña. Although it had been in their hands for quite a while, and they'd been on the verge of dropping it. So it was very very tight. And not only that, you get Spanish teams. In the Champions League, you get three three Spanish teams in the Champions League semi-finals. You get two in the final. Uh, just a, a really great season, or was it? Or was it? Well, yeah. indeed, indeed, that is the question. Um, just to give you a, a bit of background before we get into the the story of the season, Barcelona coming into the season as uh, as champions, double champions. They'd won it the, the last two years. Double champions with a certain Luis van Gaal. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, promoted from the Segunda División, we had Malaga, uh, Sevilla and Rio, with uh, Numancia also up there for their first ever season uh, in Primera. Numancia having been, I think, in Segunda B just two or three yep. years before that, so their rise had been meteoric. Uh, the top three went into the uh, Champions League, and uh, the uh, 20 teams in the uh, Primera yeah, División... Just, just the 20 this time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, were Athletic, Atletico, Barca, Betis, Celta, Alaves... Depo, Espanyol, Malaga, Mallorca, Numancia, Racing, Rio, Madrid, Oviedo, Real Sociedad, Sevilla, Valencia, Valladolid and Zaragoza. So, you know, quite a lot of the big boys there. 
Do yes, you want to yes. play the, the shirt sponsors game again quickly? Are you ready for oh, this? Oh, go on then. I quite like this You enjoyed one, it yeah, last time. Yeah, Fastest uh, answer wins. Who was the shirt sponsor in the 1999-2000 season of Valencia? Oof. Is it Ford still? No. Um, I'll give you a clue. It was a, a local tourist attraction. Oh, it was Tierra Mitica. Yes, an amusement park, a theme park. <laughs> Went bankrupt shortly afterwards. Yeah. But for that season... There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a... What's the word I'm looking for? A salutary tale there, isn't it? There's yeah. a, there's, it says much. Um, who was the shirt sponsor of Mallorca? I think it might be... Sp- Banair, but I'm not sure. Uh, Who also went bankrupt yeah. a few years later. <laughs> I see where Al's going with this. Hang on, is a Lehman Brothers coming up any minute now? <laughs> okay, one more. Who was Celta? Oh, well, it had to be Citroen, yeah? There you go. Yeah, yeah there we go. Yeah. All right, there we go. So, um, the uh, the main contenders, as we said, were uh, Barcelona, who were uh, champions. They had Van Gaal in charge. They had players like Figo, Rivaldo, Pep, plus... Eight Dutch players. I mean, can you can you can you name all eight Dutch players? There's a. Go on, then. Let's try that. Story. Okay, let's try that. Bahada. Right. De Boer. Right. Clivert. Clivert. Oh, both both De Boers. Surely. Both, both De Boer, Sorry, <laughs> Clivert. Kuman. That's five. Koku. Yeah. Um, Martin was an honorary, honorary Dutchman, having signed for my ex, but I don't think he counts because he was Finnish. Um, Overmars. No, he hadn't got there yet. No. Had he got there yet? No, he hadn't got there yet. And, and was Kuman still there? He might not be. I'm not sure if he's on. I haven't got him here. Um, Hesp. I remember there being a banner saying "Menos Tulipanes, Mas Catalanes." Wow! Fewer tulips. That is horrific anti-tulip propaganda. Fewer tulips, more Catalans. Fancy being anti-flowers. I want all the things. I wasn't counting how many you said, Sid. But did you mention uh, Michael Reisinger? No, I didn't. Did you mention Bolo Zenden? No, I didn't mention um, Bolo. And we had, you said Cliver. I think yeah. Phil said Cliver in there. So, yeah, there were, like you say, eight Dutch players in total. It's quite a lot. Uh, Real Madrid had John Toshak in charge. But not for long. <laughs> not for long. Um, they brought in uh, Anelka, McManaman, uh, Elvi Balic. I remember in the summer, Balic, McManaman, Anelka, uh, Jeremy, the, mm. G- uh, the, the Cameroonian. Yes. Um, and there's someone I'm missing, can't think who for the life of me. Oh, it was Mitchell Salgado joined. Salgado, and so did, he, did you already mention Salgado? Balic was one that I don't think we mentioned in our transfer flops episode, but he was, I mean, they spent a decent bit of money on him and he was one of the great I was here that flops. summer. I, well, I wasn't actually living in Madrid at the time, but I was here that summer and I was here. In fact, I went to, I've got a feeling Real Madrid played, who did they play pre-season anyway? I went and it was McManaman's first game at the Bernabeu. Um, and at that stage it was comic because at that stage they still haven't worked out in fact by the time he left a lot of them still haven't worked out the number of syllables in his name it was never McManaman it was always McMahon or McMahonaman there was always either one too many or one too few anyway so he was signed as the kind of the, the exciting star because you know he'd be on the verge of signing for Barcelona they got Rivaldo instead um, he went to Real Madrid and, and there was excitement but I remember in pre-season Balic was brilliant and everyone said wow never mind McManaman this other guy who doesn't look massively dissimilar to McManaman because he was curly haired he was he would run at people he was quite creative looked really good and it just didn't last he was terrible what about the signing of of Nicholas Anelka again I think we debated this a bit in our in our transfer series because mm. we were maybe saying he was a flop and you were saying that he was he, a flop he wasn't. But, but I suppose he's the, the, ultimately the, the one key thing he did was take them to a European Cup final so mm. in a way he kind of saved this season and again they spent a fair bit of money on him it was 20 plus million 25 pounds 25 million pounds from him rightly and described by the president at the time Lorenzo Sanz as, uh, as beautiful madness by the end of it most people thought it was just mad because as we will see Real Madrid were bloody awful in the league this season but 
but went on to win the European Cup. More yes. on that uh, in just a moment. Uh, you also had uh, Mallorca in there, who'd uh, finished uh, fifth uh, previous season. They had Diego Tristan. Oh, and a teenage Samuel Eto'o. Yes. And in fact, they had, they, I think they'd finished fifth uh, two seasons before and third the previous season. So right. if, you, if you follow that trajectory, the they next, also had the Danny next Guifer, step was to, was to win it. I think they Danny didn't Guifer, play very much. He didn't, yeah, he sort of came uh, into the yeah, team as the yeah. season went on. I don't didn't think he? he played maybe one appearance. But Samuel Eto'o scored six goals in 13 uh, appearances. Some other nice little um, facts about that Mallorca squad, by the way. Uh, they had three Argentinian goalkeepers in that Mallorca <laughs> squad. So you, you remember who they were? Right, well, one of, of them Franco. is one of them. Leo Franco, Leo is, one Franco of them. is one. Um, I can't think who the third is, but one of them is definitely a man I went to interview, Carlos Roa. Yes. And I went to interview Carlos Roa because he was profoundly religious. His, na- his nickname was actually Lettuce because he was, because he was um, vegetarian. And obviously, back then in Spain, yeah. if you're a vegetarian, you're a total weirdo. Yes. But he was also <laughs> a little bit odd. He, um, you mentioned the Millennium Bug. He was convinced that he w- that the world was coming to an end at the end oh, of the Millennium, he the and he took his family off to this kind of isolated house somewhere, and effectively made himself kind of their pastor, waiting for the apocalypse to come. When it didn't eventually come, of course, he turned up and said, "Can I carry on playing?" I'm back here for Can I, yeah, basically, contract anyone? <laughs> he, of course, is the guy that saves David Batty's penalty in the '98 World Cup yes. when England lose to Argentina. Oh, so I went yeah. to interview him basically about how. How he felt when the world didn't end. So, yeah, I was quite um, cautious about how I asked it. Yeah. I was trying not to say, mate, you're absolutely nuts. He was lovely, by the way. Right. He was very good company. By the way, the third one yes. was uh, your friend and mine. Oh, man, looks. Monoburgos. Oh, of course oh. it was. In between being a rock star and a bin man and whatever else, he was, he was yeah, there as well. So, yeah, three Argentine goalkeepers uh, in that Mallorca squad. Valencia, of course, who uh, did pretty well in, uh, in Europe, um, had uh, chain-smoking Hector Cooper. Yes, uh, just taken over from Ranieri. Yeah, on the bench. Uh, they had players including... Santiago Canizares, Mendieta, Albelda, Angulo. They signed Kili Gonzalez. I mean, and, it's a fantastic squad. And Manuel Pellegrino. Loads of Albelda there as well. Yeah. yeah, so many great names. Yeah. And Depor, of course. And uh, we mentioned the super Depor side in uh, in our team, about uh, in our episode about uh, super Depor, classic teams. Classic teams. They finished third, second, second, ninth, third, twelfth and sixth. Then uh, Iruteta took over in 1998. So yeah, they'd had that peak in sort of the early to mid-90s, then dropped but off didn't a quite, little yeah. bit. There's a very clear sense that this wasn't their best team. Mm. Not mm. by a long way. Not as good as some of the teams that went before it, and not as good as some of the teams that came after it either. They also had players like Ma- Mara Silva, Donato, Jalminia, and... Roy Mackay, yes. who they bought. Do you know what Roy Mackay's real name is? No, I didn't know this until until reading up for this it pod. It is something really weird. It's amazing. I remember it being a really strange name, but I can't forget. Go on, tell me what Rodolfo it is. Antonius. Rodolfo Antonius. Mackay. Did yeah. you know Rud Van Nisseroy? You know what Rud's first name is? What? Rutigus. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Rutigus. <laughs> so something about these great Dutchmen. Here's, here's a, speaking of, now we're on... Given that we're on silly names, this always made me laugh. Not silly. Okay, sorry. Sorry, sorry, yeah. Well, this one one I'm bringing up now is silly. (laughs) Yes. Um, See if you can guess the name of uh, my favourite or the one who made me laugh the most. Celta the Vigo player. Right. Turdo. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I'm easily pleased. I mean, was he crap or? Yes, he was. He was absolutely <laughs> awful, yeah. So there we go. So those are the uh, sort of the main contenders coming into the season. I mean, so. there's so many characters. Well, and, there, and obviously, you look at the Atletico team, they, they, of course, have just signed Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. They have more on him in, in, in yeah. just a moment. So uh, the title race, as it were, because um, uh, after five games, Barcelona were top, Valencia were bottom, they had one point. 
from 15 games. Not a good start for Hector Kufa there. They didn't win until um, match day six when they beat Real Madrid at the Bernabeu. Uh, one of uh, six teams to win at the Bernabeu that season. Yes. Six that teams Real Madrid were Bernabeu. dreadful. Yes, among them Alaves, Racing Santander, Zaragoza won 5-1 at the Bernabeu uh, as well. And amazingly, Atletico Madrid 3-1. Yes. And let's just point this out. When Atletico Madrid beat Real Madrid 3-1 at the Bernabeu, they would not beat Real Madrid again until the Copa del Rey final, what is it, four years ago now? 25 2013 games. it was. Yes. Right. So 14 years. Yeah. yeah, 14 years. That was the last time they won for 14 years. Well, Hence, the joke at the time when they won the Copa del Rey really was, party like it's 1999. Yes, yeah, 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 it's true, it's true. All right, well, you mentioned that game, of course, that was one of the, the standout games because Atletico won at the Bernabeu with a standout performance from Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, who uh, scored two goals and provided an assist. Brilliant goals as well, by the way. I mean, Hasselbank, yeah. um, although Atletico, we'll talk about this maybe a bit in a minute, but Atletico was struggling, but Hasselbank started the season really, really well. I think he scored seven goals in the first ten games, and whatever Atletico went on to do that season, Hasselbank himself was a, was a huge and success. He's, he's very much a representation of that, that era in which you would say you could probably expand it maybe a decade, more or less, of saying Atletico massively underachieved, but had amazing forwards. Mm. So him, Forlan, Aguero, Christian Vieri, Fernando Torres. This is a great big run of forwards who did really well in a team that really didn't. Mm. Basically post-double, because of course this is a team that's won the double in 95-96. The first Clasico was on uh, match day seven. uh, Barca two, Real Madrid two at the camp now. Uh, After... Ten matches, top of the table, Rio Vallecano. <laughs> that is incredible. I mean, uh, we're, we're, a Rio Vallecano side that included goalkeepers Julian Lopetegui yep. and Casey Keller. Casey Keller. And I think they were top for. I think match day ten, match day eleven, they were they were top. Would that be the last time that Rio were top at anything like that stage it of the must be. season? Do it you know what I mean? Be. They might have been top like after a game or two, but after ten Absol- or eleven games, I can't think of a time. No, since. I, I can't either. I mean, and, and you know, at that time when they got into European uh, competition, it was through the fair play, the, the fair play place, which was what two years later, because of course they got to the when Alaves got to final in two thousand one, Rio had got to either the quarters or the semis. I must confess, off the top of my head, I can't remember. So you get fifteen games in. It's not just there. I just made note of this earlier. Fifteen games in. The, this is the top of the table. Depor. Celta, Zaragoza, Rayo, and Alaves. <laughs> I don't know about you, yeah. but I would love it if that happened again. Never going to happen again. A top five like that would be absolutely wonderful. And by the it? way, you know, Rayo, as you say, Rayo were, were top after 10 or 11 games. As we said, they'd only been promoted the season before. Mm. And I think of the promoted teams, I think they'd been the lowest ranked team in the Segunda yeah. the year before mm. that, that actually went up. So mm. the fact that they ended up being top was. was it's remarkable. because they had former Aston Villa ace Mark Draper playing for them that season. I don't know if I've ever told you this. Go on. But for a very long time, I got Mark Draper's post. (laughs) (laughs) You've not told me this. Why? Why did you? I lived in a flat that had previously been lived in by an English guy in Madrid who was basically looking after Mark Draper. Right. So when Mark Draper left Rayo Vallecano, obviously all, all of his posts were kind of put at the address of this mate of mine. And so I moved into this flat. I was living there for about five years and I would probably get Two, three letters a week for Mark Draper. I mean, they're obviously the normal, just the bank statements. You didn't used like to that. open them up and have a no, look. No, the, and... the temptation was very high, but I never actually did it. Oh, there we go. I then interviewed Mark Draper a few yes. years ago and, and told him this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he wasn't He wasn't bothered. He wasn't no, bothered. No, no he wasn't remote. Another one of your mates, Sid, was, um, was scoring goals for fun at this stage of the season as, oh, as yes. well. Oh, yes. He scored think, uh, think, who the hell is he 13 about? goals in, in eight games. 
your plane flying chum, yeah. Salva Ballesta. Who ends up as top scorer this season with 27, I believe. I mean, he scored um, yes. He scored four goals at, at Anoeta as Racing won 5-2 at Anoeta. He got a hatchet against Celta and, yeah, scored 13 goals after eight games. I saw, I saw someone point this out, I must confess, I, I apologise because I can't remember who it was, that as a, as a way of kind of defining how weird this season was, you've got success in Galicia, you've got the top scorer in Cantabria, you've got the best goalkeeper in uh, Bitoria. <laughs> so all of these places that aren't supposed to be where the best teams, players, goalkeepers are from, mm. it's, all, it's, all, it's all wrong, mm. but it's all right. So very right. Uh, as we said, he finished <laughs> the, uh, the, 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 the season with 27 goals. I was looking back, this is the last time that a team fighting relegation, as Rathen were, I think they finished four points above the drop zone, that's the last time that a, a, a team battling against the drop had the top goal scorer in La Liga. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, and, and the but second, second top, top scorer was Hasselbank, yeah. and yeah, they Hasselbank. got relegated. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, 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 it's really quite, it really is quite amazing. I mean, it's a, it's a season, I mean, you know, on, on New Year's Day, you've got Depor and Thadagotha up near the top. Then Depor go and lose five in a row away from home. And you, you're talking about a season where, which brings us back to that question at the start, was this brilliant or was this actually a season when no one was quite good enough, if you mean? Well, uh, just to underline the fact that it wasn't a great season, Depor won the title with 69 points, mm. which is the lowest ever total yep. since it became three points mm. for yep. a win. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, and also the fact that, as we said, they okay, so they might have started um, a little bit suddenly. They went top, I think, match day 12, and they basically stayed top after that. The gap yeah. was increased and reduced at various And yeah, points. I suppose the flip side of this, if you're saying, well, it wasn't that good, yeah, but they've got three out of four Champions League finalists. So there's... Clearly, something good going on, mm. and I think um, I think Depor get knocked out of Europe by Arsenal, but they go to either the quarters or the semi-finals of, of what was then the UEFA Cup. And so you you think, well, actually, maybe it wasn't awful. Maybe, maybe it was just everyone was so good that yeah. they just took points off each other because everyone was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. and maybe. that's Aragossa team, by the way, playing up front. Savam Milos, who, who was also yeah. I think in the top four or five goal scorers in the league. He is now the president or, or the vice president of the uh, Serbian Federation. Uh, we had quite an interesting chat with him at the World Cup. He's he's slightly scary up close. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you been to Serbia? I haven't. I've been to Serbia with my Serbian friend Goran. Yeah. And um, lovely people, mm. but a lot of the men I met there gave me a well. Uh, they were a quite frightening. A little bit frightening. Yes. Yeah, a little okay. bit frightening, but but very very very. Nice. Is Goran frightening? I mean, Goran is frightening. You? Goran is frightening, but he's he's also lovely. But he's mad. He's very very. You, mad. you want him on your side? You want not him on, on the your other side? side. Okay. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, there was something I wanted to mention before we moved on, but it's uh, anyway. We'll, we'll we'll get back to it. I'm sure. So, uh, Depot won uh, after being at the top of the table since uh, match day uh, twelve. Uh, oh, I know what I want to say. There we go. Completely uh, going off on a caveat like no, you. Yes. no. How dare you? Paco Hemeth was playing in defence for Zaragoza. There we go. I like it. And he had hair. Long hair. I saw a picture <laughs> and I couldn't tell who it was. Bringing the ball out of the back. There we go. So Depor... Um, uh, well, there are a few managers around, actually. Yes. Because, obviously, a certain Pochettino is around. Yes, yes, absolutely. Oh, and, you know, as we're talking about Depor and the fact they went on to win the league, is yeah. it worth talking about one or two of those Depor players? For, for more of that, I guess, go and check out our Classic Teams pod. But, I mean, that Depor team... Was, was full of characters from well, I mean, front you, to back. You have, you have a, I mean, they had a, a kind of a pretty recognisable starting eleven. So you've got Jacques Songo in goal, you've got Manuel Pablo, Naibet, Donato and Romero as their standard back four. Romero, who was once bitten by a snake on an airport runway because he saw a snake and he decided to pick it up. Well played. Um, mind you, that's happened to me with a badger, so I shouldn't really laugh. 
Uh, then... You picked up a badger on an airport runway. Well, it wasn't on an airport runway, a badger in a field, and I went over to say hello to it, and it was really cute. I was like, oh, look at that, and he See, bit my badgers are t- You don't mess with a badger. They're I didn't know that badgers were hard. Angry. Don't do that, man. Yeah, I, didn't no, no, were, no. I didn't know they yeah, were hard. I didn't know they were hard. Anyway, so, and in midfield, Victor, who, of course, has now just become the manager of uh, Malaga. He, 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 of course, went on and played for, for Real Madrid. He played at Real Madrid. Uh, Mauro Silva with Flavio Conceição in the middle of midfield, who then went to, to Real Madrid. And on the other side, the lovely and wonderful Fran, who spoke like Andy Cap. Um, or but like remember Frank Clark at Nottingham Forest spoke a bit like him didn't have any of the airs and graces of a footballer at all but was a wonderfully talented player and up front not only Roy Mackay but the magnificently mad Jalminia was there any this sen- was the season when he did that Lambretta thing yes to Real Madrid in a 5-2 win I believe was there any sense in Spain that this was a mad season that this was a really competitive season afterwards I think there right. was I think while it was happening People just couldn't quite get a grip on what's wrong with everyone and, right. and sort of why it wasn't happening. But I don't think anyone really thought it was crazy. And, and the weird thing is, as well, that and I, was, I read a, a, a piece from about four or five games towards the end of the season, and it talked about um, Deportivo having a sense of fatalism. And that going into these final weeks, Deportivo, as you said, had been top for basically six months, but never got away. And every chance they had to, every time they had a chance to get away, didn't quite get away, and it became almost a slow bicycle race. And there was a sense that the fatalism was going to take them, and it's absolutely, I think, impossible to appreciate or understand what this season meant without that season in which they lost the title on the final day. That is really the focal point of all of this. And of course, Depor had never won the league. Mm. As you say, they had had come really, really close a few years earlier, but they hadn't ever done it. It was all about 94. So 94, when um, you know most of you will know this, but 94 when, of course, they they have the chance to win the league on the final day up against the Barcelona Dream Team. It's the last of the Barcelona four titles in a row that they win. It's another one, three of the four Barca win on the final day, thanks to the other team cocking it up. And basically there's a penalty which Dukic misses. The normal penalty taker Donato is off the pitch. Uh, Babetta doesn't much fancy. Dukic takes it. Anyway, and so on. But that trauma very much is, is, is present all the way through this season. And all the way through it's that sense that it might not happen. It's in Depol's hands, but that's almost the worst place it can be. Mm. Let's talk a bit about Real Madrid then and hmm. this, uh, this abysmal season that they had. They only won 16 games all season, 16 out of 30. I mean, even this season, with the one that's just gone, which has been bloody awful, they yeah. won 21 games. I mean, their, their start to the season was, was crazy. So they won the first two games under Toshak. After that, this was the sequence that followed those first two games. Draw, draw, draw. Loss, that was the game to Valencia that we mentioned. Draw, that was the Classico. Draw, draw, loss. That was the defeat 3-1 in the, in the derby. So after 10 games, they were 11th in the table. They'd gone eight games without a win. Yeah, I mean, imagine now the sort of the, the noise around the Bernabeu if they go a couple of games without a win. Imagine eight games Correct me if I'm wrong. Those two early wins right at the start, one of them's away at Athletic Bilbao and Stephen McManaman scores an absolutely gorgeous goal. And everyone starts... You know, as I say, that start of that season, I was here, but then wasn't here for the rest of it. I was like, this guy's amazing, and I remember keeping the the newspaper clippings for that. Unfortunately, I couldn't find it to bring with me today. But yeah, and then it just totally collapsed. I mean, to make it even worse, or to to underline just how bad it got, after fourteen games, Real Madrid was seventeenth. Seventeenth. <laughs> yes, it's crazy. I mean, after that that derby game with Atleti, that, at that point, Atleti actually went above Real Madrid, mm. I think. So Atleti I think it might have been slightly skewed, 11. because correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the year that they go to the Club World Cup when it was like a, the first time it was a 14 thing and Manchester United play in Brazil. So they come back 
with something like three games in hand, so they slipped even further down. Right. But still awful. Uh, Vicente Del Bosco takes over in uh, in November. Yeah, Toshak was sacked the seventeenth of. Everyone, and he hate, everyone hated Toshak. Yes, and of course this and he was, hated everyone. And, he hated everyone and this was Toshak's. It was his second time around. Yeah, yeah. He'd come and gone. Well, they didn't much like him previously. the first time, to be honest. So why had they had they brought him back just at desperate times? That was yeah. A sense, hitting, I mean, the, the thing about Toshak, there was you know, there's a sense that this was a guy who could control the dressing room. This is a guy who could impose some authority. And it's it's interesting if you talk to Real Madrid players from that era, because of course we're with hindsight, everyone looks at that. Wow, that's when the European Cup comes at the end of the season. But at the time, there was this was collapsing, and and with hindsight, everyone looks at, at what Del Bosque did as being bring normality to it, make us enjoy it again. And I remember uh, Ivan Elguera, not Ivan Elguera, uh, Ivan Campo saying, you know what Del Bosque did was treat us like adults, um, make it enjoyable for us, take some of the pressure out of it, take some of the edge off it, because there were brilliant players there. Mm. It just needed to take this kind of mental block away. And that's essentially what happened. Now, in the league, in truth, they didn't get very much better. I mean, even when when, they improved, when, when Del took over, they didn't win his first four games in yeah. charge either. And one of them was a five... They were beaten 5-1 at the Bernabeu by Zaragoza. And, and Milosevic that, scored twice. I remember talking to McManaman about this. And he said, you know, just it was just brutal. The hankies out, the the you know, he said, he said, and they were in trouble in the Champions League, and they got an away win, a slightly fortunate away win at Rosenberg, which is the kind of the beginning of them their recovery. But yeah, I remember Manaman talking about this as being we were absolutely awful, and no one could properly understand why there was such a big difference between what happened in the league and what happened in Europe. And obviously, this is a recurring theme across Real Madrid's history. Mm. We've we've talked about it lots of times. Uh, They uh, won the second Clasico uh, of the season Mm. 3-0 in February. They got as high as third in the table. Ultimately, they finished fifth. But didn't matter because they won the European Cup. I always felt desperately sorry for Sadagotha on this because it wasn't like it was now. I remember when Liverpool won in Istanbul and finished fifth and they gave Liverpool a place but didn't take fourth place off Everton. Mm. They did Mm. take Sadagotha's Champions League place off Mm. Uh, we should discuss the bottom three. Absolutely, we should. Because you know who went down? It's amazing. Betis, Sevilla and Atletico. Yeah. Uh, Sevilla finished bottom of the table. They won five games all season. Yeah, and I guess I mean, they had been promoted the year before, so that wasn't as much of a yes. shot. But certainly Betis, Betis and Atleti joining them. And Sevilla, of course, happy to see Betis go and, and, and aided them on their way by kind of lying down and dying at the, at the back end of the season against people playing against uh, against um, Betis's potential rivals for the, for the Oh really was there generally a sense yeah. that they were doing that? Yeah yeah yeah. And absolutely. I mean you know this was a, this was a Betis team that had you know a few years previously had finished third they'd bought Danielson it was all it was well, all you, systems you, yeah, go. Yeah I mean Betis had Alfonso, Finidi, Danielson all right, Oli might not be at the same level, but they'd spent a lot of money on him at the time and he became a Spain international. You know you've got players in that team that are too good to go down. Although of course when it comes to too good to go down Atletico Madrid take the uh, the entire packet of biscuits, don't they? Absolutely, as we said, they uh, they went down despite that famous win at the Bernabeu. Mm. Uh, it wasn't well, and, and you know, obviously with with Atletico, I mean, this is a team that starts very badly. They're bottom after eight weeks, but you have to put this into the context of you know, this is a team. This is only obviously they start the season only three years having, after having won the double. They've got Kiko, they've got Hasselbank, they've got Ruben Baraja, they've got Juan Carlos Valeron. There are good players in this and team. You know, and Ranieri had taken Santiago over. Solari. Santiago Solari. Having done a, a decent job at Valencia, Ranieri. Yeah, pretty, absolutely. Pretty, pretty good. So he was a well-regarded coach at that point. Yeah, and I remember um, talking to an Atletico player about this, that, that 
basically what happens for those who don't know the context of this is is the investigation into in, into fraud at Atletico Madrid Jesus Hill has the club taken off him yeah that happens in December that happens in December there's an administrator put in place and one of the things that Ranieri did in all this time was make a big thing about saying trying to say to the players right we're in this together we're in this together. It doesn't matter about the club at club level. We have to prove that we can rise above this. And it's all about us. And I don't want anyone to break the ranks and we're going to try and keep this together. Anyway, he ends up going. And one of the players goes to his hotel room looking for him to basically say, hang on a minute, what was all this talk about you know, being in it together? Because Ranieri of... was walking away, essentially, at the he end, was, wasn't he? Yeah, I, mean, he was a, I think he's officially sacked. But he's basically walking, walking out of this. Anyway, one of the players, and certainly the way this player tells the story... He decides, right, okay, this, you know, you've been giving us all this, and now look, well, where's this loyalty that you're asking from everyone else? Mm-hmm. He goes to look for Ranieri, can't find him. So he writes him a letter, puts it in an envelope, and shoves it under his hotel room door. <laughs> Still doesn't know if Ranieri ever read it. Well. <laughs> and it's a weird situation. And I think it probably said something like, bah, fan cool, yeah. <laughs> Being run by administrators who, you know, aren't necessarily football people. And yet Called having, Ruby, by the way, the to make footballing decisions. And they obviously brought... They were In like, fairness, Jesus Hill making football decisions yeah. or an administrator. Yeah. I think I'd rather have the administrator <laughs> doing it. Yes. And they went for, in replacing Ranieri, a, a safe pair of hands in, in theory, the man who had, who had given them yeah. glory. But then Antis was in a position Antis. where you know everything was falling apart. There were there were internal battles. There were players who obviously didn't trust each other. Because in an environment like that, I mean, obviously you can't purely lay it on the door of, of, of all the kind of administrative and institutional problems they've got. But of course, players lose faith in each other. They lose trust in each other. They lose trust in the club and. I, I, in a way, it's not that much of a surprise they went down, despite the, the really enormous quality of the players. I mean, to give an example of how good the players were, they reached a European semi-final, sorry, European quarter-final, and they got to the Copa del Rey final. Hmm. Uh, Which they way, lost uh, 2-1 to Espanyol at Mestalla. Have you ever seen this? The, it's the, the Raul Tamudo goal where he heads it out of the hands of... Of Tony, the Atletico goalkeeper, this is in the week in which Tony's dad has died, and post game he's on the doing a touchline interview, crying his eyes out because I wanted to give this to my father. This was for him, and I and that goal happens. And when I say heads it out of his hand, he's got it in his hand, ready to take the goal kick, you know, ready to to, to do the goalie kind of out the hand yeah. clearance. And Tamudo sneaks up behind him and nods it out of his hand. Oh, wow. It's one of the great cup final goals. That cup also had one of the bizarrest. Cup, final, uh, cup moments in the semi-final the Barcelona semi-final this is the Barcelona semi-final where Barcelona lose the first game 3-0 the second game coincides with um, against who sir? against Atletico wasn't it? right I think it's Atletico or did they, or did they lose to Espanyol? I, I think know, it's you're against... the one to live yeah yeah no no I think it's against Atletico <laughs> yeah. yeah so Atletico officially beat Barcelona 6-0 so they win 3-0 the first game yeah. they get given a 3-0 within the second game Barcelona have got international duty. Load of their players off on international duty. They say, listen, league rules say we can only take three players from the youth system up into the first team. We have only got seven first team players available. So we've got ten players, even if we put a goalie on the pitch. And basically what Barcelona did in that second game was walk onto the pitch, line up and walk off again. It's extraordinary. The footage is extraordinary of them standing there just going, well, we can't play, can we? And so they went through the, through the charade of walking on and then saying, look, 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 there aren't enough of us. See you later. They got, they got forfeit the game 3-0. Got kicked wow. out of the cup for the following season. Maybe even the following two. Or they must confess that I can't remember. And, uh, and, and then got reinstated. So it, it wow. didn't last any longer than that season. So Atletico gets to the final. Did not know that. That's where they lose to Espanol. Yeah, where they lost to Espanol yeah. thanks to goals from, as you said, Tamudo and Sergio, who's yes. now the manager of Valladolid. Who also scored in the Copa del Rey final 
uh, two years later for Deportivo against Real Madrid at the Bernabeu. Yeah. Uh, he did, he did, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember yeah. that. Uh, right, the uh, Champions League final, as we know, was the uh, first ever one between two sides from the same country, Real Madrid uh, beating Valencia by three goals to nil. Uh, Steve Makamaka Mana Mana Man yeah. uh, scoring a, a, an iconic goal. Oh, yeah. Brilliant goal. It is although, iconic although it still feels, doesn't it, like people talk, in my opinion, much too much about Raul, Raul. running from inside his own half. Yeah. Admittedly, running from inside his own half past no one, Savio's yes. pass. I mean, that, that Champions League campaign, I mean, let's talk briefly about Valencia in a moment but one of the things Del Bosque did I mean apart from make everyone happier was shift the formation so he went for five at the back three central defenders Roberto Carlos and Michel Salgado as the, as the wing backs so he played El Guerra with Hierro and Ivan Campo was there any and Carranca because Hierro had some injuries so it wasn't always those so it's three of those was four. that seen as being sort of overly defensive or did not necessarily not because what it did was it, it, it shifted the shape of midfield so essentially the two midfielders were Redondo and Steve McManaman because then you had Raul, Morientes and Anelka. And then Savio, I can't remember if Savio was a sub that though or if he started and Savio is the, the, the kind of the extra man. Yeah, in this, yeah you in can't this. really call that team too defensive, it's true. Yeah. No, exactly. And obviously, you know, Mitchell Salgado and Roberto Carlos to use the favorite, famous line by, um, I want to say Valdano, but it might be unfair on him. These are the two defenders who turn up in the area to ask what happened. Yeah. I mean, that's the way they play. Yeah. And, and so that was part of it. And then this is what was said before when we talked about Anelka. They beat Bayern Munich in the semi-finals with an Elka scoring away in Munich. And in a way, that justifies everything. Real Madrid played Bayern Munich four times that year, mm. lost three times to them mm. in the Champions League and got to the final and Bayern didn't. Mm-hmm. And we say this was the first final between two teams from the same country. Uh, were people, you know, the same way that people were complaining this year about having two English teams in the final, were, were there any complaints about, oh, this isn't really, we'd rather see teams from no, different countries as I remember, were they, were they loving Spanish uh, dominance? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As, 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 I, as I recall, it was much more enjoying the Spanish I mean, dominance. Three Spanish finals, uh, semi-finalists. And, and curiously, I mean, I know this sounds silly, but, but there was a sense that actually, you know what, Valencia were, were the favourites in the final because Valencia had, had um, got through a group with Bayern they, they'd beaten Lazio there was two groups by the way in the Champions League that year so Valencia got through a group with Bayern and so had Real Madrid mm. uh, they beat Barcelona Real Madrid of course had beaten Bayern Munich Rosenberg also Manchester United and I remember this to give you an example of how big United were and how people didn't think Madrid were that big on the day that Real Madrid went to Old Trafford the front page of Mark was a series of lines written out almost like a like a punished student would write out or someone trying to psych themselves up would write out and it was lines across the front cover we're not scared of Man United 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 United." all the way down the front page and of course that's the day that Redondo does that back heel Yes, that extraordinary back heel. To the Raul. back heel. The to back heel. Uh, to in the Raul. other semi-final, Valencia destroy Barcelona four-one in the first game. They eventually they eventually go through, um, and that was that Valencia at their counter-attacking best. Piojo Lopez, Mendieta, Kili Gonzalez, Sorry. but but just so direct. And Barcelona just got torn to bits. And was this before Hector Cooper had developed his reputation for being the great? I, loser I wonder if of this finals? is. Is uh, this the first? Is this where it starts? Well, no, because he because he, he's he he's. He's he's done it already right. against. No, sorry, he has. Yeah, this probably yeah. is the start of it. Had he done it with Mallorca? I'm not sure. I've got my years mixed up yeah. now. 
I think he has already done it with Mallorca because they get to the final at Villa Park in 99, I think, don't they? Yes. So the year before. Yes. There we go. Yes, that's yeah. true. It was growing then. That, yes. That, growing, that, yes. That right. Uh, before we get too confused. Um, yes. Let's uh, focus on this this year. So this so, so this year it ended with Depor top uh, on 69 points. Ahead of Barcelona finished second. Valencia finished third. Zaragoza finished fourth. And Real Madrid finished fifth. Obviously relegated were Betis, Atleti and Sevilla. The top goal scorer, Salva Ballesta, with 27 for a Racing Santander side that finished four points above the relegation zone. A hassle bank on 24 for an Atletico Madrid side that went down. Went down at Oviedo, by the way. Uh, yes. Yeah. You seem strangely yeah. proud of that. Yeah. What a way to go. I mean, <laughs> adding insults. I mean, if you're going to go down, at least go down in the best place in Spain. Uh, remind me who Catana is. Catania. Yes. Catania was a Brazilian Spaniard, played yes. for Spain. He was at Celta and he was at Malaga. And this season, I think he was at Celta, wasn't right. he? Um, he scored 24 goals. I met him once at a conference, actually, on racism in sport in Spain. Okay. And, uh, and, and he was very, very interesting on the reception to him in the Spanish national team, mm. where basically everyone was really good to him, apparently, except for one player. Okay. Who you'll tell us off What was his goal celebration? I he would do this kind of uh, seagull thing, this go. kind of birdie thing, where he flapped his arms <laughs> around. Yeah, it wasn't very good. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, no, it wasn't. <laughs> your, your imitation of it was that. Yes, yeah, uh, Roy Mackay or Rodolphus Mackay scored 22. Salvador Antonius Mackay. Salvador Malofic, 21. And uh, Diego Tristan, uh, 18 goals for, uh, for Mallorca. I think we've more or less covered everything. It's been a slightly longer episode because so much there, bloody mm, happened. Uh, uh, there is more that we could say, but we want to keep it you know, relatively concise. So. Uh, Should we just tell you what was number? Tell, tell them what was number one to finish. Uh, to no, finish. No, go on, Sid. You've got. Well, some, I mean, there was a few songs number one across there. the period, but as the season is coming to an end, the very on the final day of the season, number one is. Oops, I did it again. <laughs> Which actually, it's not very appropriate because it's the first time that Depp won. Exactly. So yes, but there we go. So, uh, <laughs> oops, we've done it again. We've done another episode of uh, Super Seasons. Hope you've enjoyed it. We'll be back in another couple of weeks with another episode. So do join us then. Adios. Cheerio. Bye. Network.